coming back from my doctorate. So it was like everything under the sun would happen before I would need to go to class. And I had to just make the decision like, okay, this is not <laughs> life threatening. Everyone's okay. I have to go to class. <laughs> so it's part of structuring your schedule to say, this is happening. It's not a lifelong commitment. It's a two years or however long it's going to take you to finish your degree. But you just kind of got to go with it and make sure that you have some structures in place and some boundaries in place to have everyone that's around you on board to say, no, I'm back in school. <laughs> I'm going to need your support and take it from there. The Digital to Learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning. Our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones, sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Thank you for joining us. And now, the Digital to Learn podcast. Welcome back to the Digital to Learn podcast. I'll once again be your guest host as we roll out part two of our Word on the Street series recorded live at the Slate Conference in Naperville, Illinois. Our guests were asked to select one or more prompts from a four prompt list and give us their opinions around those topics. Let's jump right back in. I am Rakesha Vinegar. I am the Associate Dean for Adult Undergraduate Programs at Trinity Christian College. And I'm excited to be back here at Slate in person. So this is awesome. I kind of miss the community. So it's good to be able to be here. And this is a great addition. No, we're glad to be here. Yeah. So how'd you become a Dean? Where'd that interest come from? Uh, it kind of found me, not necessarily me finding it, uh, just being in higher education and just um, progressing through um, working with faculty and just different levels of experience kind of led me to this role and my background with adult students um, just kind of got me here. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Well, we're going to ask a couple of questions about students here and get your answers. So the first one is, what are the greatest challenges faced by students as they engage with digital technology as a part of their academic programs? Yeah, this is an awesome question. So I'm always centered around the student experience, and especially when it comes to being online. Uh, a lot of times we take for granted to think that, oh, they, you know, have a phone, they're on the Internet, but that doesn't mean that they're going to do well in their classroom. So one of my things that I like to focus on is making sure that we can front end a lot of barriers that they may face, like understanding the learning management system, how to turn in an assignment, contacting their instructors. All of those different things play a role when it comes to them coming back to school if they've been out for so long, which is the area that I deal with. So some of the things that we kind of put in place was making sure that they have a orientation. And in this orientation, they're learning how to use the LMS. They're learning how to reach out to their faculty. They're learning how to register for courses. All the different things that may be a challenge for them re-entering the academic space, we kind of put it in one course for them to have access to, to kind of help them ease back into being a student again. That's uh, great. As a dean, I imagine you have to balance your work with faculty on the same issues. How's that been for them? Yeah, so a lot of our faculty uh, did not teach online. So Having a new LMS and coming to the online platform, it's a difference between 
as we always say, having my course online and actually teaching online. (laughs) So a lot of the faculty instead chose to still do like a synchronous session. Like, oh, no, I'm going to still make my students have to be on at this time. Well, when you deal with adult students, sometimes that's not always the best Mm -hmm. uh, option for them. So as a turn, it's like, okay, you can either make your course where you record the session and don't have it required, but still have it to attach maybe like an assessment with it. So to just make sure that they're watching it. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the things that uh, we kind of do as little tips for our faculty with dealing with uh, synchronous and asynchronous sessions. Yeah, it's kind of hybrid as a dean now. Looking at the student perspective, do you find that they're wanting that synchronous or are they they more about nope, asynchronous is the way to go? Well, you know, I kind of looked at uh, coming back from being um, out for so long to now we're back in person. We're not all virtual. It was kind of mixed this semester. So like some of the students made space for the synchronous time and then others were like, yeah, no, (laughs) that's not going to work for me. Or they struggle to get to the synchronous time, maybe like 30 minutes late or something like that because Mm -hmm. they were working. So we're just still kind of testing it out to see. But it was mixed. Some liked it and some didn't. You have international students in your school at all? We do. So you have that challenge, too. Exactly. For time zone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Number four, what does the future hold for all of us as we engage with technology as teachers and learners? And I'm going to ask as a dean. Yeah, I think being sensitive to where our student learners are coming back into the education field. Uh, So the challenge with them is making sure that we have those things in place for them when they have those things that come up. One of the courses I teach is helping them to kind of adjust their schedule to being back in school. Like you make the decision before you even start and you know that something is gonna come up. So it's like, okay, what do you do when you have to deal with a sick parent or a child who got sick or daycare or something like that? What do you do with those challenges for them? Because that interrupts their learning. Mm-hmm. And so being able to kind of equip them on the front end to say, OK, have you sat down and thought about this? Right. Have you talked this over to your partner? Anything that may come to them that may disrupt them being in school, because I told them I give them an experience <laughs> that I had when I went back from my doctorate. So it was like everything under the sun would happen before I would need to go to class. And right. I had to just make the decision like, OK, this is not <laughs> life threatening. <laughs> Everyone's OK. I have to go to class. (laughs) So it's part of structuring your schedule to say, this is happening. It's not a lifelong commitment. It's a two years or however long it's going to take you to finish your degree. But you just kind of got to go with it and make sure that you have some structures in place and some boundaries in place to have everyone that's around you on board to say, no, I'm back in school. (laughs) I'm going to need your support. Mm -hmm. And take it from there. So I see that if we have those things in place, that that will help in, as we go into the future with education. Yeah, it's, it's almost like we miss a piece of, like when we first go to college, we get this orientation yes. and you sit in the, and they tell us what college life's going to be like. And the parents are told, this is what they're doing. Don't be upset if they don't call you. It's almost like we need to do that for our adults yes. too, is have, okay, get your family together. We're going to have a Zoom session. We're going to talk about what 
what they're going to need from you. Exactly. Because you know, they don't even know what they're going to need from nope. you yet, right? They won't know until they get to the first class. I hear it a lot. Like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this much work. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you're in an accelerated program, so right. it's going to be a little faster pace. So are you ready for it? The other thing that I try and tell them, if you have some time allotted, use that time effectively and don't like sit around. Like if it's blocked off, use it to do something either related to the school work mm. or if you need to breathe, use that time for your breather. Yeah. 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 It's that mental, our own mental rest. We mm -hmm. have to know when to rest. Yes. And sometimes that's only five minutes, <laughs> exactly. but at least you rest. But take the five minutes. Yeah, that's yes. right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate your answers and your expertise here. Thank you for having me. This have, was good. Good. Have a fun conference. Thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Scott Thiessen. I'm uh, with Governor State University. I'm in the Center for Active Engagement and Scholarship. Our department provides support and professional development for faculty who use online learning tools. And uh, we are here, me and my whole department, we are here, we presented today uh, during one of the breakout sessions. Oh, what did you present on? Uh, we presented on a lot of the challenges that we faced uh, during COVID and how we've turned a lot of those challenges into permanent practice in our department for our, for our faculty and for our institution. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot of going back, I don't think, at this point, is there? No, I think the new normal includes a lot of you know, integration of technology for better or for worse. And uh, the challenge, the continuing challenge is going to be getting getting faculty to buy into using the new tools yeah. and to uh, to integrate those new practices when they're both teaching in person and in some kind of online or hybrid scenario. Yeah, it's time to get past the I'm afraid of using it and start using it. Right? Yeah, we've had a year and a half, almost two years to get over that fear. It's yeah. time to put on your big boy pants and get, get going. Yeah, you right. know. <laughs> well, you're going to talk, maybe give me an answer for one and two on here, right? Yeah, so question number one, what are the greatest challenges faced by students as they engage in the digital technology as part of their academic programs? Well, I think a lot of the challenges, at least the students in our immediate area that we serve, are economically challenged. And do I have access to the actual technology to participate in uh, an online or remote learning scenario? And uh, what we have done at our institution is we have provided a laptop learning program. And uh, students can check that out on a semester-by-semester basis through the uh, IT department. And they can then have access to hardware that they can use in their homes. Big challenge is my parents are working. I can't do my homework right now. Mm. Or my cell phone just doesn't have the capability to be able to do, you know, synchronous sessions or to type a paper. Or, you know, I need, I need to have the actual hardware when I can't come to campus. How do I... How do I participate in a class in any way, shape, or form? So uh, that's one of the challenges. But so are you packaging that with some support too to help them navigate if they're not familiar with that? Uh, we do. We do provide some training for students for how to navigate in an online learning environment. We provide resources through our department website, and there are links throughout Blackboard shells to student resources and to training modules for hardware and software that we offer on our campus. Cool, okay. Uh, one of the other challenges that students face is internet access itself. Mm. And when you're in an economically challenged demographic, does your mobile plan provide you with enough strength to participate in a synchronous session where you can share your camera and share your microphone? You know, 
actually view the, the, the instructor's lecture if they're having a synchronous session? Or can you use that as a hotspot if you do have the hardware to type out those papers on to submit it online if you can't go to campus? So mm -hmm. internet access is a challenge. What we have done on our campus is we have, we have provided free Wi-Fi in the parking lot. Okay. So students can come and park in the parking lot and have access to the Wi-Fi without having to leave their car. So they're coming to campus, but not actually coming into campus. And they're able to have a strong enough Wi-Fi connection to be able to participate and submit assignments. It's almost like going back to, you know, the drive-in theater. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost, only you're popping open a screen on your driver's seat of your car. Greatest challenges for faculty then are just being willing to adapt to the needs of the students. Because without the students, none of us have a job. So we need to be able to meet their needs. And online courses are more than just correspondence. There has to be some kind of interactivity involved beyond just, here's my lecture notes, read my lecture, maybe watch a recording of my lecture, and do an assignment and turn it in. There's, there's online discussion board possibilities. There's online interactive applications that allow you for video and audio responses beyond just typed responses. You can gamify your lessons. You can add polls to your lectures. You can add breakout groups or some kind of interactive activity where you're doing more than just lecturing. Students are actually doing something when they're meeting. It would almost be like mimicking things you could do in an in-person classroom. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there are the tools there that can do that. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of, are you making your courses engaging enough in order for students to want to participate and then continue to register for future classes. Because mm -hmm. if they don't register for future classes, they're not going to get those degrees. We're not going to get more students coming in and education will be failing our students. So we need to yeah. increase that engagement somehow and faculty need to be flexible enough to at least try. Yeah. At least, at least try to do something to increase the engagement. And what would you say, you know, faculty members interested in say doing interactive assignments and that type of stuff, but they don't have access to an instructional designer or a team, what kind of advice would you give a faculty member? They're on their own. How do they figure that stuff out? Well, I truly don't believe that they're ever really on their own. If their institution is providing the tools for them, there's probably training that goes along with that. I mean, every LMS has links to support and tutorials to at least learn how to do things. YouTube has got tutorials on everything. I mean, even if you if you don't have a person that you know how to contact on your campus, you can try and investigate that. And in the meantime, you can still try and re, you know Google search for resources. There are free resources out there, both video and text format, that can mm -hmm. at least get you started with you know getting things going. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time today. I no problem. It. Thank you. This is Mike Jones at the Slate Conference, and I am talking with Dave Basner. Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am the instructional technologist at Elmhurst University, and I've been doing instructional technology since 2002, I think it is, in one way or another. I'm also a philosophy instructor there, adjunct philosophy instructor. Oh, very cool. Good deal. Full-time uh, or adjunct? Adjunct uh, philosophy instructor, full-time instructional technologist. Oh, very cool. Very good. Well, we're going to be talking with you about number four, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to ask, what does the future hold for all of us as we engage with technology as teachers and learners? Well, I think that uh, what is going to happen, I mean, technology has 
been easing its way into education for a while. I mean, you know, I mean, slates and chalk are technology, so a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. But I think that we've been pushed at very high speed forward in the last year and a half, and I don't think we're ever going back. I think even if you find yourself back teaching face-to-face, and I hope this is what happens, you're going to bring a lot of these tools along with you. So as you learn different ways to engage with your students and different ways to provide the materials that your students need so that they can get them when they need them. They don't have to rely on making sure that you're available, seeing you after class or whatever, that you provide what they need when they need it so that they can kind of pull the material. And I think that's what we're going to see as we go forward. So as an instructional designer, are there specific technologies right now that you're seeing that are super useful in that effort? Or are you finding some that you're avoiding? I think the ones that I find most useful are the ones that allow my words and my writing to be immediately available to students. So uh, one of the things that I did in my own classes was I began using uh, PowerPoint in its edit mode. I've never used PowerPoint as a presentation tool. It's I okay. teach philosophy and it's a discussion course and, and that. But I found that I wanted to be able to reproduce my physical whiteboard in the classroom when I'm teaching online. So I tried a couple of different tools. And what I settled on was um, using PowerPoint in its edit mode. So I just, you know, add a slide, start writing on that. When I'm done with that slide, I go to the next slide. The PowerPoint is connected to our online cloud system. We use uh, OneDrive and it automatically staves itself into a folder that I've already shared with my students. So when I'm done with that class, that PowerPoint is available to my students at that very moment. They want to go and take a look at what I've gone over, everything that I've put on the quote board mm -hmm. is there for them. And I also, of course, am recording my voice. So they've got that along with the PowerPoint. That's all immediately available to them. That was necessary when I was online. I'm going to do it now when I'm face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Do the yeah. same thing. Kind of bring what we the best practices we learned in that online environment to the classroom. Yes. It wasn't all... I mean, yes, of course, it's terrible. But there were some good things that maybe we found we could do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as an instructional designer, as you're working with other faculty to design their own courses, what's that engagement look like, you think, moving forward? Well, it's one of the things, first of all, that I do let them know about. I recommend this practice, whether it's PowerPoint or some other thing, to make sure that they now have the ability to very easily make their notes and, the, and their talking points available to students. Mm -hmm. And this goes to accessibility of your courses, too. If you record your voice while you're speaking, you don't have to rely on some student who needs that aid and he or she is sitting in the back of the classroom and their recording isn't so great. If you do that for them, it's there. So you're meeting that accessibility goal. Well, it's also there for the other students as well. So that's one of the things that I bring into my faculty development sessions when this area comes up. Very good. So to sum it up, we'd say you'd want something that you could work on live with your students and then is instantly available after. Absolutely. Okay. Very nice. cool. That's a great piece of technology. Thanks for the advice. Mm -hmm. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. And that's a wrap for our live remotes at the Slate Conference. I want to say thank you so much to the amazing conference attendees that decided to brave the podcasting table and sit down to talk about these topics with me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Digital to Learn podcast.
Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning.